Hello, I'm Anna Delaney, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Luis Marinos, Horizontal Support and Analysis Team Leader at the EU Agency for Cybersecurity, also known as ANISA. We'll be discussing the recent ANISA Threat Landscape Report, which identifies and evaluates the top cyber threats for the period of January 2019 to April 2020. Luis, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for your invitation. So, Lewis, based on the report, what are today's dominant threat vectors and vulnerabilities that most concern you? The dominant uh, threat actors this year are um, quite the same, I would say, as uh, in the years before. So there are not big surprises there. We see malware being at the first position. Given uh, recent developments with COVID, for example, we see spare phishing, so phishing attacks coming up. And then, of course, we have all the cyber threats connected to the web application. We know that interacting over the web is one of the main activities of users. This is a, a point where attackers concentrate. Um, as regards vulnerabilities, we see systems getting much more complex. We have seen also in this year a stronger trend in digitalization with people stay, staying at home in the home office. So a lot of, I mean, the whole... Uh, digital environment, as we all know, transformed quite rapidly in this year. This, of course, brings some weaknesses, because, just because uh, a lot of people are uh, decoupling, if I may say so, from the uh, security periphery of their companies. Sitting home, you might you know, have less protection than you used to have if you work from the corporate network. So you say there are no surprises per se, but, but what do you think the report has taught us or shown us in terms of where we're at as an industry right now? There are uh, some points of concern, if I may say so, that are crystallized out of you know, all these years of obs observing the threat environment. And actually, this has to do with certain asymmetries that we see in the cyberspace. One main source of asymmetry, so to say, is the uh, asymmetry at knowledge level. What I mean with this is that, for example, they, there are strong incentives in companies to under-report, so to say, incidents. So nobody wants to voluntarily speak about what happens, what, what kind of incidents they have, which actually makes our life a little bit more difficult to spot what is currently happening. Another uh, asymmetry in knowledge is that where do we collect our data? You can imagine that our work is like a radar, so to say. So actually we spot what is happening around and then we react on it or report on, on what we are looking at or what we spot with our radar, so to say. Currently, at least at the European space, the data collection is not, so to say, optimal. So we are based still a lot on uh, formation collection service from uh, the other side of the Atlantic and from other countries outside the EU. And I think this is a, a point where uh, uh, we need to react uh, as a European organization to you know, have more reliable and more rich collection activities at the European level. Another issue that is actually puzzling us is that since one, two, three years now, uh, we see motives developing, so attacker motives developing. We do not have, as in the previous years, only cybercrime as a motive, but we see cyber attack capabilities built up at nation state or nation sponsored, so to say, uh, level. Uh, we also see that um, cyber capabilities are an integral part of a pillar of, of defense capabilities of different countries. 
And of course, given uh, geopolitical changes that we see last years, there is incentive, so to say, from different nation-sponsored threat agents to uh, deploy their available capabilities, which means that we have actually, besides the cybercrime motives, other motives like, for example, espionage, cyber war, and so on, which are actually already present in cyber attacks and becoming more present than in the past. Finally, I think one issue that actually puzzles us as well is the what I already mentioned, the the changing, the changes that the, the rapid digitalization brings, which means that if we have attacks uh, on these systems, we have a strong societal component there. And actually, uh, we might have situations where uh, an attack might undermine the trust to our digital services. So these are actually more or less see the highlights that I see uh, from what has happened until now, and uh, if we interpret a little bit also the developments in society and, and geopolitics and so on. The report highlights that over the past few decades, the policymakers and technologists have, have been in different camps. And your suggestion is that they work closer together to address the challenges. How can they do that in a way that will really make a difference? Yes, I, I thank you for this question. I think this is a, a very important thing that actually also is on the top of our agendas. Actually, the situation, what we have is uh, easy to explain. Actually, we have from the one side people who are techies. So actually, they are looking always deeper into systems because due to the increased complexity, they are enforced, you know, to have narrow scope in the depth of some digital systems. On the other hand, you have the Policymakers, let's, let's generalize it, say decision makers, in general policy makers are decision makers at the political level. So we have still a gap between technology-oriented people and the decision-making people. Actually, we need urgently to bridge this gap. So there are certain ways to do it. First of all, to disseminate uh, cyber threat information to these target groups. This is one of the main objectives of, of the EMISA threat landscape. So we try not to be too technical, but actually to have information that can be consumed by decision makers. So it is actually just getting together, first of all, trying to understand each other, which happens actually through expressing the requirements. So we need to understand what are the requirements of decision makers, of policy makers, as regards CTI, in order to transfer it to the techies. And secondly, we need to distill the information from technology in such a way that can be relevant for policymakers because not everything is relevant. We should not forget that this uh, cyber threat analysis is a a very young discipline. So it exists something like, I would say, five, six years. So we are at early maturity stage of uh, of this tool and we need certainly to make better the bridge between the cyber threat intelligence information and the decision-making information. There are uh, certain uh, initiatives we propose constantly, and I think we now are in a very good way to achieve our goals, to inject as many as possible points, prepared information from cyber threat intelligence to decision-makers. For example, we try to inject I call it CTI, we call it CTI, cyber threat intelligence, CTI information, for example, in um, emergency planning, 
for example, in, uh, to inject it in, in coordination activities of decision-making processes, like, for example, the European Blueprint, which is actually for, for emergency planning at the European level. We try to inject CTI information in risk assessment. We try to inject CTI information in, uh, in the, for the certification work that uh, our colleagues are doing. So actually, we are at a state that we try to disseminate properly drafted CTI information to all these uh, target groups, so to say, in order just to bridge this gap that you just mentioned, which is our opinion, one of the major elements to tackle for the years to come. Great. And uh, another point you mentioned and was mentioned in the, in the report that cyberspace is still a long way to becoming a, a trustworthy environment. So how can the cybersecurity industry, private and public sectors collectively get closer to, to that point? This is um, a tricky one. I think that there is no silver bullet for that. I would say we all drive a digital vehicle which becomes uh, more complex every day becoming more complex. And we have to say this digital vehicle is uh, depends our digi digital full footprint in the society, in the community, in the job and so on. So actually we need to understand how do we drive this digital vehicle better? And actually tools like the threat analysis, for example, you can imagine that it's actually like the traffic signs in this digital, in cyberspace. So actually, from ENISA, we try to set these signs around in the cyberspace so that if people drive their digital vehicles, they know, you know, there is a turn coming or there is a slippery piece of the road and so on. What we need actually is to educate, educate, educate people from the end user to, to the people who develop, so to say, our solutions, to the people who are taking decision about the solution, to the, to the policy maker, to everyone. This is a, a lengthy process. And I think that uh, saying that cybersecurity is a shared responsibility, we need you know, to engage all these stakeholders constantly in our discussion. And actually, uh, I'm, I'm very um, happy that uh, our director has spotted exactly this, um, uh, this dimension of cybersecurity, and we are working all together towards this objective. I think there is not a single answer in, in your question. What we need is all try to bridge, so to say, our gaps, first of all, to spot the gaps and try to bridge them and try to inter wind this uh, cybersecurity in different qualities and quantities. Certainly, CPI is not, so to say, the single tool that we have to uh, use. We have also risk management approaches. We have certification, which is a very important element. We have uh, our work in emerging technologies. So there are actually multiple tools that we have in our hands to achieve you know, the objective which is behind your question. And this will take time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Louis. I re really appreciate it. And for all your timely advice. Thank you very much for inviting me and uh, also for uh, you know, having Anissa. We're very happy to come together again should uh, you have an interest on any cybersecurity related issues. Thank you very much for that. Absolutely. Thank you again. Once again, I've been speaking with Luis Marinos, Horizontal Support and Analysis Team Leader at the EU Agency for Cybersecurity. And for ISNG, I'm Anna Delaney.